Okay, so what are you most excited about for going back to school? Well, I'm really excited to figure out who my new teacher is going to be and to meet some new friends. Are you nervous about anything? No, not really. I'm just really excited. Welcome to episode 15 of Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board-certified behavior analyst Angela Nelson and special guest Jennifer Wilkins. On this episode, our hosts talk about the transition back to school after a very unique 18 months within the COVID-19 pandemic. Angela and Jennifer will focus on ways to prepare your child socially, emotionally, and academically, and get them back into those school routines. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink Benefits, an employer-sponsored resource to support parents and caregivers of children with learning, social, and behavioral challenges. Learn more at RethinkBenefits.com. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Jennifer Wilkins. Hello and welcome to our 15th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, and I am joined again this month with uh, my friend and colleague, Jen Wilkins. Hey, Jen. Hey, Angie. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to have you. Uh, For those listeners that didn't tune in last month, um, Jen, do you want to share a little bit about your background and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I am on our clinical team here at Rethink Benefits, and my background's in special education. So I was a classroom teacher for many, many years. I'm also a board-certified behavior analyst, or BCBA, just like Angie. Um, And I know today's topic uh, is a uh, much needed uh, topic. A lot of parents are talking about this right now and coming from the school systems and and a classroom teacher, I'm excited to talk about back to school uh, today. Yes, definitely. It's what we affectionately call BTS at uh, at our company. We <laughs> we talk about it so much. It's got its own acronym. Uh, but back to school, that is the topic of the day after a unique year plus. Um, we're talking with families and we're hearing all sorts of things going on. A lot of anxiety, some avoidance. Some people are thinking, gosh, I just kind of crawled to the finish line um, that is summer and I don't want to talk about school again, but we're crawling closer to the school year again. My kids go back to school in a month, so it's going to be here before we know it. So yeah, we are going to dive in, hopefully get in early so we can help parents prepare Mm -hmm. and have some things to think about today as we make our way into the new school year. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I know today um, we really kind of wanted to talk about some of the big things a lot of parents are, you know, thinking about most likely, Um, you know, first things first is just kind of knowing what those new guidelines are. Um, We've had evolving guidelines over this last year plus two. So um, hopefully we've gotten smarter with those with the new school year. And so knowing what those school guidelines are. Um, and then the second thing is really just, you know, making sure we prepare kiddos for, uh, the school, not only emotionally, socially, and academically, um, all of those things for, for back to school, um, so that they're ready. Um, and then other things like getting back into routines and, and, uh, getting organized. Hopefully there was some good time off, uh, some break time over the summer, but you know, how, how do we get back into the group? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So let's take that first one. You mentioned, Jen, knowing the guidelines. So what is the school year going to look like and what sort of kind of rules maybe are going to be in place? For some schools, things might look just like they were pre-pandemic. Um, some schools may not. I know for our schools um, in the uh, uh, California area, we were just getting some new information about masking and, and things like that. Um, so it is good to stay up to date um, on you know what to expect, right? So yeah, first things first, we... Yeah, we, we want to know, and, and it's encouraged, we want to encourage you to, to get to know specifically your state guidelines and then more specifically what your school district guidelines are. And that's going to trickle down to what those classroom rules might look like. Will there still be social distancing? Will there still be masking? Um, all that, uh, all that good stuff. So um, definitely look into things too. And this may be something that'll come in an email or communication before school goes back. There might be some things that you'll learn about afterwards, but even things like lunch routines. Are lunch routines going to be different this year in terms of where kids are sitting and eating? Um, you know, Can we get a, a picture of sorts of what the environment might look like? The purpose of that really is to help our kids kind of manage their expectations. So as much information as you can gather uh, is going to be uh, definitely helpful for, for kids, uh, especially as it relates to some of the things we're going to talk about later, which is just kind of easing the anxiety and kind of helping with some of the emotions yeah. of going back to school. Yes. Sign up for the, so, the yeah. Facebook school page. Make sure you're getting those notifications, mm -hmm. whether it be a text message, the email. Yeah. How, how, are, how yeah. is that communication uh, loop uh, occurring for you and your family uh, between school and home for, for the school year. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I know schools, I, I felt like, oh gosh, my school's over communicating to me, but I'm actually, I think that's, that's better <laughs> than not getting any information. So you're right. Sometimes you might need to do the legwork in advance to sign up for those notifications. And then that way you'll know exactly what's going mm -hmm. on. Yeah. So the other thing too, to think about as it relates to guidelines, practice some skills that are needed. So for the little ones who may not have needed to wear masks, if your school is um, still working through a masking policy, they might be wearing masks um, inside for long durations of time. Uh, so that's something you wanna start practicing now to kind of build up some tolerance and kind of get some you know comfortability around that. Hand washing, of course, definitely a big one, always a good one. Um, so talking about that, ramping up the hand washing, uh, even things like, okay, maybe we have a new way to greet our friends. So maybe we're not doing hugs right now. Maybe we're doing some new greetings beyond the high fives, things like mm -hmm. that. Um, maybe working on some personal space if we still have to be doing the social distancing in, in your area. So definitely some things to think about. Um, again, it kind of goes back to what are those guidelines? Educate yourself on if there are going to be changes and then think about what skills might need to be um, taught this summer before so that the kids are ready to go. Um, same thing with, I think I would put extracurricular activities and sports kind of in the same bucket as school. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you're familiar with those guidelines. Um, and then something that Jen, you and I talked a little bit about too, as we were kind of prepping for today's discussion is just around stigma, right? So yeah. schools might have rules around uh, sickness and 
might be good to talk to your kids about how to handle that balance. So instead of treating that person <laughs> like they should be, you know, and out, ousted from the area, it's okay, well, they're sneezing, let's get them a tissue instead of running away from them, right? right. So stigma definitely spreads like a wildfire. And so we want to just be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. Where's that balance between, hey, let's keep our bodies safe. Let's make sure that we're not getting exposed, but also let's be kind to other people who may have um, gotten exposed to, you know, any sickness, right? This goes beyond uh, the pandemic. This just goes in general. So yeah. it's just something to think about in terms of stigma. There's a lot, a lot of stuff out there right now, and there's just a lot of high emotions around going back to school after a pandemic. So just want to be balanced and be, you know, mindful of our, our peers and our community. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm thinking of our middle school age, <laughs> tween, tween mm -hmm. age kids for sure. Um, especially kids that are making that big leap into to middle school year, this year, you know, um, you know, some kids are at that, that age where they could or could not get a vaccine. So like stigma around that, um, like you were mentioning mm -hmm. too, uh, you know, getting a tissue for someone not running away, you know, treating them with kindness, uh, around that a little bit and having some understanding of everybody's, um, preferences. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it is. I mean, this has been a hot topic for parents for years, just the topic of vaccine. So, you know, whether the family chooses to or not to, um, we want to kind of think about being respectful of our peers. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up our topic on um, guidelines and uh, yeah, it's good to, to get prepared. School's coming soon. Yeah. And, and next stop in terms of you know, preparing kiddos for school. I know a lot of parents have been, you know, looking at that social emotional well-being component. Um, also a little bit nervous about the academics this school year. Last year was tough. Um, how are we going to transition, you know, this, this new school year um, uh, going full-fledged back in uh, to academics? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a couple of, of uh things in, in terms of, of just sort of the anticipation of, of the upcoming school year, you know, families, parents, and teachers alike are all, you know, yeah. having that, that, that anticipation. And so just making sure I'm talking to kids about what they are excited about, um, being able to highlight those, you know, how do they feel about returning to school? Um, but then also kind of what are they not sure about and what do they want to know more about um, so that we can kind of help support and educate that side of things mm -hmm. ongoing too. Yeah. I like how you said, what are they excited about? You know, cause that's something that we want to weave in there so that it's not just about, Oh my gosh, we're going back to school. It might be the first time in, you know, uh, over a year that you've been in a classroom. It's like, Hey, this, there's some cool stuff that's coming our way soon, you know, so let's get pumped up for it. Yeah, absolutely. And being excited to learn from our peers, right? <laughs> uh, learning is a social thing. Yeah. And that's definitely something that we all missed out on last, last year. Um, just being able to learn from, from one another and, and, and being in the physical space to learn from one another is such a valuable thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if kiddos are worried or are nervous, um, just making sure, you know, that we're validating their concerns. I know teachers are, are doing that in the classroom, you know, just make sure we're doing that homeschool um, continuity, mm -hmm. uh, that we're validating those concerns and continuing to support them, you know, making, sh making it a priority that 
um, were kind of checking in uh, throughout, uh, especially the first month of, of starting school. Um, right. What does that look like uh, for your family? You know, is that Sunday night, you know, meshed into dinner somehow <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. that it's consistent and you make it a priority then just to sort of prep for that next week, you know, like, what are you excited about this week? You know, what are your, how do you feel about this week? And so on, kind of repeating those same, same questions and being consistent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then also modeling uh, some of those calm and confident behaviors too, you know, um, I'm sure parents just like teachers are, um, you know, a little bit, not a hundred percent sure of what this school year might look like, but, you know, still making sure to model those calm and confident behaviors. Um, and, and a part of that is those self-care routines. You know, I think that's something that we all were forced to look at a little bit more this last year, (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. with the pandemic. And so, how are we, you know, engaging still uh, with some of those still self-care routines as we ramp back up into the school year? How can we continue to do um, uh, what what we learned uh, to do more often? I think throughout throughout the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good reminder. I think um, when I hear self-care. <laughs> Part of me, I keep seeing these articles and part of me is like, stop talking about self-care. I already know about it. You know, uh, I'm tired of hearing about self-care. Um, so, you know, what I think I'm learning from that is, okay, we we got it. Self-care is important. We know this as clinicians too, but it's about this transition point. We're going into a new school year and some of us haven't been in school for a long time or you know, things just might be a little different. So maybe it's about re-evaluating our self-care, mm-hmm. making a new goal, trying something new, or just kind of doing, um, I don't know, like an up, a, an upgrade or a, kind of a reassessment, mm-hmm. uh, checking in on your, your self-care routine and saying, all right, the fall is going, I'm a parent, I'm kicking off the new school year, I'm going to try something new. So, so yeah, it's a uh, even if you've got a good care routine, but maybe it's about, it's about mixing it up. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of re reestablishing what does self-care mean for you? You know, even if it's a, a small uh, change, you know, one, one or two evenings throughout the week, cause you, you know, that the week is jam packed with a schedule. Maybe it's just going to bed earlier, 30 minutes, um, you know, mm-hmm. earlier uh, as a part of that, that self-care routine um, instead of feeling like you're needing to add and something, you know, um, in terms of yeah. self-care to your routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in terms of school uh, supports with self-care, um, you know, definitely making sure to connect, of course, with this the classroom teacher, but also the school counselor or the school psychologist um, or any other types of specific groups or support groups that the school or your community might might be um, having for, for this transition back to the school year, but definitely leaning into the counselor and school psychologist and, and learning about, uh, how the school, uh, and what the school guidelines are for, you know, promoting students, social, emotional well-being, um, what that's going to look like for the school year too. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing to, to focus on is, you know, teaching those really specific, coping skills, you know, how to, how to manage those emotions, you know, especially if it's worry or concern about uh, going back to school, Um, maybe some of those avoidant behaviors, a little bit of going back to school um, and making sure you're taking that time 
uh, throughout the day to have, you know, structured or scheduled calm time or break time, um, you know, whatever looks best, best for you and for your child, um, being able to model those coping skills, deep breathing, journaling, um, taking those breaks. Uh, and like I said earlier, uh, going to bed a little bit, a little bit earlier if needed as well, um, for some of those coping mm -hmm. skills. Yeah, definitely. I like how you're talking about modeling, right? So it's not just teaching our kids to, to learn how to cope, but we may also want to get a crash course again, or just kind of reevaluate our own coping skills. And then, um, I was reading an article yesterday and a parent uses the phrase like, Hey, you're on stage, you know, like, Hey, your kids are watching. So mm -hmm. definitely modeling. And even if it's, we've talked about this in the past in our podcast, but even if it's just um, over the top, it's animated, it's, you know, kind of magnified, you're really trying to focus on, hey, I'm showing you how to have some positive coping skills. I'm going to model it for you right here. So you're very much aware of what's going on um, and kind of, yeah, emphasize yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's going to be those moments where we've all reached our threshold and maybe we raised our voice and, you know, and, and, you know, taking that moment to, to pause and, and, um, show that coping skill. Like, let me, let me try that again with my calm voice, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. uh, taking totally. that deep breath, you know, real quick. Um, all of that, yeah. all of that works. Yeah. And then, you know, always, um, in terms of other ways to, you know, debrief with your kid and, and check in. we talked about earlier about kind of having those making that a priority and, and scheduling that time in. Um, a lot about that is also, you know, ongoing problem solving if necessary. And, and um, you know, just to continue to observe your child's behaviors, right? Um, do you see um, challenges with motivation um, or irritability or difficulty sleeping? Um, just sort of a general lack of enjoying those everyday uh, activities. Um, and that, mm -hmm. that brings us right back around to making sure we're connecting with school too, you know, talking with the school counselor, talking with, um, the school psychologist and the teacher, and then of course, any other outside professionals as needed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Keeping an eye on that. I, that's something that you probably heard about. I, I have also heard from parents too, is just, I'm a little worried about this transition and that's kind of, the general consensus among the kind of professional and psychological communities, it's okay, let's, let's keep an eye out for those red flags and kind of checking in at, to your point, you know, checking in often, especially in that first month, how you doing, just observing behavior. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And like, think about how you can set your kid up for success with the transition in terms of, you know, maybe some gradual um, exposure uh, in person, kind of going by the school um, uh, or having a buddy um, a peer, uh, mm -hmm. that maybe you're meeting up with, uh, at a certain time, um, and during drop-off so they can walk in together. Um, you know, again, going back to what those guidelines are with drop-off now with school, um, or just, you know, writing a note, uh, in your child's backpack, um, or, you know, uh, maybe a phone call in the middle of the day, um, might be allowed, you know, mm -hmm. with the teacher of the school. Uh, so just thinking of those small ways to set, set kids up for success. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a perfect segue into our um, next section. So preparing, how do we prepare socially and academically? So, you know, really, if you can 
plan some social activities with peers, or if you're comfortable, allow your teen to kind of branch out a little bit prior to school starting, maybe get a small group of kids. Maybe it's outside if that's um, what you feel comfortable with. Um, Jen, you know, I think your example of meeting a, a kid at the, the park, maybe in the morning time, around the time that you'll be transitioning to school is great because then when school starts, maybe you still meet up in the morning and then that peer that you've been seeing the last couple of weeks of summer at, you know, 8 a.m., there they are at 8 a.m. at school. So it just helps to kind of ease that that transition. And so might just take a little coordination with that other parent, um, but that's a great one. Yeah, if, if your child does have some extra anxiety or uh, struggling socially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're getting yeah. back into routines with that one too. So a win all around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're getting into yes. that, that routine of, you know, needing to be somewhere at a certain time, you know, the morning routine and getting out the door, meeting um, somebody or attending something, right? Uh, and throwing Absolutely. a peer in there always helps. <laughs> Yeah, if you can kind of hit a couple of these items together simultaneously, that's a win. <laughs> so, you know, another thing too, a lot of parents have, have already planned this, but it's not too late. Summer camps, extracurricular activities, just different things to interact with peers in the neighborhood or just in your community for social exposure. Uh, I've got a little one perhaps, and, and maybe they haven't spent much time or any time at all in the classroom. Um, again, you know, Jen, to your point, exposure is going to be really important. It might be taking them on a tour to the school. Maybe it's a preschool or if your school has um, an open campus, can they get onto the playground? Can you show pictures of your, your child's school? If they have, check out the website of your school. Do they have pictures of the teachers? Just really helping them to kind of make that transition with systematic exposure, as we say. Um, and you might even want to get creative. We love, as behavior analysts, we love talking about practice and role plays and feedback and all that good stuff. So could you even implement some just casual role plays of any necessary skills that your kids might need in the classroom? Or maybe your kid's going into, you know, fourth grade, but it's been a while because they've been perhaps just, you know, either remote school or they've been in the classroom, but the structures have been different. Mm -hmm. So just a good reminder of, all right, let's practice with teddy bear if we need to, or just with you guys as people sharing and waiting in line. And how do we hang up things like backpacks? How do we listen to directions <laughs> and follow directions and all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So. All of, all of the good skills, waiting, <laughs> waiting our turn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Taking turns. Yep. Being able yeah. to share with others, listening to directions. Mm -hmm. We're increasing a lot more demands from other people, especially for our tween and uh, tween age and, and teenage kiddos who have um, yeah. multiple teachers, right? Uh, so all that that stuff, mm -hmm. um, those those skills. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you know we know that some families have kids that are a little bit more prone to challenges around separation from their, their parents. And so this could be a good, just kind of in the same theme of practice, right? So practicing gradual separation prior to the school beginning will be something that will hopefully be helpful for you. I think you'll probably be happy with yourself if, you know, looking back, if you, if you try to prepare a little bit ahead of time. So maybe you start with just a short period of the parent's you know, you're not available, quote unquote, you're not available for short periods of time, or there's a play date 
that your child goes and meets up with somebody else for a short period of time at their place. Um, and, you know, have a detailed plan for, for drop-offs, of course. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and also getting to know the school drop-off policies too. That's, that's kind of in the same line, right? If your child has a trouble with separation mm-hmm. uh, and you come to discover that the school does not allow parents on the campus and you weren't prepared for that, mm-hmm. that could be pretty jarring for not only your child, but for you as well. So yeah, get, educate yourself on the policies and guidelines as well, as we talked about at the beginning practice separation for slow, systematic periods of time if you need to. Just, hey, you know, why don't you stay with uh, grandma or your, you know, your your other parent, perhaps if there's another parent in the home, a trusted adult, um, and I'll be right back. So really trying to work on that. I know it was kind of jarring for some parents um, whose kids uh, were in my, my kids' kindergarten classes. Um, a couple of the kids didn't go to preschool. And so you know, they really hadn't had any exposure. Mm-hmm. My kids were like, bye, <laughs> goodbye, and didn't look back because um, they had that that experience prior. Mm-hmm. But our school policy is no adults in kindergarten class. Uh, we do not want parents nearby. Goodbye, 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 right. go. You know, they just don't want the, the parents lingering and the tears and so on. And, and so, um, yeah, make sure that you know what that policy is before the first day so you can prepare for that. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, and for yeah. kiddos, you know, with, with special needs, um, you know, or, or special accommodations, you know, uh, just making sure parents are, are connecting with, with the teacher um, or mm-hmm. maybe requesting, you know, that IEP meeting earlier uh, to address, um, you know, some of those special concerns and, and what that might look like uh, for the school year too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure the teacher has what they need that IEP in hand the Mm -hmm. first day and yeah, connect with them, have a meeting, make sure everybody knows what those accommodations are. So your child's getting what they need. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess we were getting to our last section already, huh? I know, which is kind of the biggest one. I feel like over, you know, this, this last year, um, in terms of kind of, uh, boundaries and, and being able to reset, reassess and kind of reflect on our boundaries uh, through the pandemic. Some of us realized that our schedules were maybe too full. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's a little bit of the silver lining maybe of this last year and, you know, learning how to continue some of those boundaries into this new school year when the schedule starts to ramp back up, you know, how how to say no mm-hmm. sometimes and how to how to maintain some of those those boundaries um, so that you can uh, stay organized and help your kids stay organized and uh, throughout the year um, and maintain some of those routines um, and schedules yeah. Yeah, by maintaining. Them. I have a com- I have a confession. I'm actually not excited about like getting invited to the kids' birthday parties <laughs> and like all those things again. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't think you're the only yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of liking the whole like not carting away to different birthday parties every weekend. So I might, yeah, try to keep that going <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about, you know, sometimes it is okay to to say no or to put those boundaries in place when needed. Um, that goes right back into, you know, good coping skills when we have healthy boundaries, you know, kind of bring it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that sort of starts to help us gradually also get back into those routines, you know, not trying to kind of go from 
back into a full schedule right away, but kind of gradually adding things back into mm-hmm. the schedule um, after this transition from summer and back to school. Um, you know, and and what does that look like, you know, for parents and kids? You know, it might be a few weeks uh, before school starts where, you know, we're just kind of uh, getting back into the, the morning routine, for example, um, or we're getting back into the evening routine and making sure we're getting back to bed on time instead of staying maybe an hour up past bedtime like we've been doing over the yep. summer. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, just gradually fading that back in. Um, uh, and then gradually increasing those demands in terms of what some of those academic things like reading <laughs> throughout the week, you know, that reading time that yeah. might have slumped off over the summer. Um, how <laughs> spoken like a true teacher. <laughs> how did we, how can we get that back in? You know, what does that look like? Maybe we just start reading too. Uh, and then, you know, again, scheduling them to, to read that consistently mm-hmm. uh, throughout the week. Yep, yeah, definitely. And that brings us into how do you stay organized? And that is really just checklist, visual skele- schedules, calendars, really just making it visual, whether it's also an electronic calendar, maybe for some of our older kids, um, but really just communicating those clear expectations and responsibilities. So you might start using that stuff a few weeks again before school where it just has a few things on there and then we're going to gradually increase the demands or the activities, um, those routines uh, as we get back into school. And some other things in terms of kind of getting ready and getting back into routines, increasing those demands, you know, how can your child um, or your teen be an engaged participant in that in that process and start preparing and organizing themselves um, for school. So getting their school supplies ready, um, getting that planner ready, um, organizing what they need the night before or what outfit they're going to wear the next day, um, mm-hmm. and just kind of really taking a larger role in the process. Uh, starting that a few weeks again before school starts. You know, starting to make make their own lunches. Uh, you can be doing that over, over the summer. And then again, they can continue that into the school year. Oh yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And always planning for extra time, you know, too, as well. I think this is a big one. Um, the few weeks leading up into school kind of, you know, have sort of like a time detective activity, uh, where, you know, we look at, well, how long did it actually take us (laughs) and and how long, should it take us or when, you know, or do we need to kind of change the schedule around and allow for some more time? Um, you know, right. so as you're increasing those demands and you've got that, that visual schedule or that checklist, adding sort of that time detective piece in there as well, that's really going to help prepare everybody and get organized for the transition. Um, oh, and then also a part of, you know, in terms of a part of the schedule and in and um, involving your, your child or teen and being an engaged participant with that, you know, really just allowing choice as much as possible to kind of uh, decrease some of those power struggles. We want to increase that autonomy, increase some of that independence and some of those, their own self-monitoring behaviors um, with mm-hmm. that schedule. Uh, you know, so what they're going to eat for breakfast, you know, what they're going to wear, you know, what kind of school supplies they think they might need. Um uh, when when they would like to to put that homework or that reading time in the schedule, right? Um, maybe and TV time might be after reading time. 
time uh, on the schedule. Yes, <laughs> yeah, to to increase some of that natural motivation using using the schedule itself uh, to support some of those um, larger tasks mm-hmm. or demands uh, that might be harder to get into, like that reading time. Yeah, no, that's great. I think based on what you outlined, I think for me, I know a lot of parents will uh, join in this sentiment. I feel ready to get our kids onto more independent uh, kind of organizational things. And I'm just going to blame the school year and not (laughs) me. (laughs) I'm just going to say, hey, but you know what? You're going into third grade now. You're going into first grade now. So because of that, now you're ready to make your own lunch. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So just blaming it on the year, the, the year that it is, this the school year. So yeah, this is this is great. This is a good opportunity to kind of boost that independence. And yeah, for me, that's my goal is the independent lunch making. <laughs> that's a good goal. That's a good it's gonna yeah. relieve you of some tasks, increase the independence and skills. That's a big thing. Yeah. Skills for our kids. Yeah. There's all sorts of cool organizational things online now too. Some of these moms that are and or dads um, or family members that are far more creative than me, just how they sort out, okay, you know, you're going to take a fruit or a veg and you're going to take something from this area and this area, got it all lined up. That helps, I think, uh, kind of relieve some of the worry that parents have about, oh gosh, they're just going to pack a bunch of junk for their, um, their lunches. So I think we talked about that in in an old podcast. It might've been Kristen's, um, yeah, the section on executive functioning, Mm just about how to organize kind of putting together a lunch and having things on a menu and so on. Yeah. So yeah, all good stuff to, to think about for the fall. Yeah. Make it visual. Maybe it's a choice board of just different available lunch options um, that they yeah. can, you know, it's like, Oh, I don't know what I want to eat. You know, <laughs> I can hear it now. I don't know what yeah, I want oh, to yeah. pack, you know, um, more of that mm-hmm. avoidant, maybe some of that avoidant behavior. Uh, so yeah, that's where that, prompting to the choice board, like, here are your available options. You can choose some of these. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Awesome. Well, there you have it. That's kind of our, really our wrap up of uh, the different areas to, to really think about preparing and getting to know the guidelines, preparing emotionally and socially and academically, getting organized. These are all things to to kind of start thinking about as we start creeping back into the school year, which will be here before you know it. Um, I think some of this stuff probably sounds like common sense, but when you think about what we what we talked about and just what you've been hearing and reading, think about are there any barriers to acting on these things? And it might be that, yeah, yeah, I know a lot of this stuff, but kind of think about, okay, what has worked well, what hasn't worked well, kind of get down to the root cause of what are some, some problems or barriers and maybe just picking two or three new things that you're going to prioritize this fall or now in summer to kind of prepare you for the start of the school year, schedule some things to, to work on each week. Maybe it's okay. Just this week, I'm going to focus on making lunches. Or just this week, I'm going to focus on kind of adjusting the the start or the bedtime routine or getting kids up a little earlier. Or, you know, maybe I'm going to make a more concerted effort to check in with my kids emotionally. And uh, we know with behavior change, repetition and kind of positive reinforcement, those sort of things really are needed. So, so make a goal for yourself and, and commit to it. Write it down if you need to. 
So, yeah. And share some of those right. goals maybe with the teacher. Like these are the things that we're working on at home. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And some helpful uh, resources um, that you might consider uh, uh, taking a look at. So really great website um, that both parents and teachers uh, use is understood.org. Uh, if you type in their search function there, you can um, search for back to school resources and it's some really great, great back to school resources in there. And then also the CDC has some really great um, resources for parents too. Specifically, if you go on the CDC website um, and search for the COVID-19 uh, parental resources kit, um, that might be a helpful, a helpful resource to take a look at. Um, and rethink benefits. We're going to be putting out some more tip sheets coming up soon on building independence and, and healthy habits. So take a look at those when they come out. Yeah, I'm excited for those ones. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for joining us for our 15th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. And uh, make sure you join us next month. We'll welcome Kristen back and we'll bring you some more exciting chats about uh, parenting adventures. And uh, don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and special guest Jennifer Wilkins, brought to you by Rethink Benefits. Find out more about Rethink at RethinkBenefits.com. You can find past podcast episodes under the Resources tab. We also invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and content for future episodes. Until next time, have a great day.